完璧などありえないこの世界は不完全だから美しいバカバカバカ何俺は海賊王になるなんと恋しさなの力を渡した時に言ったことを覚えているかいクレ違うそこじゃない変態遅い Hello and welcome to More Than Hentai, a podcast that is here to show you that anime is far more than tentacles and catgirls. There's also countless stories of love, loss, laughs, hope, horror, and happiness that are just dying to be found. And I, Brendan White, the salt and pepper senpai, am here to help you find them. More Than Hentai is proudly powered by 8 bit and those sexy audio based legends over at Audio Technica. Do yourselves a favor and upgrade your audio game today. And joining me on this episode is none other than my favorite otaku, a man who's been my partner in crime for close to two decades. You've seen him or heard of him sprinkled through countless pieces of 8 bit related content over the years, and his viewing pleasures are as vast and varied as they are the life that he's lived. With a few notable favorites being Black Clover, Neon Genesis Evangelion, Demon Slayer, and Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, to name but a few. You can find him on the socials at Ben McJ. Mr. Ben McJanet, welcome to the Riverside Studio. How might you be doing, my friend? I'm pretty good, brother. How you doing, man? I am doing very well. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, whether it be on or off a microphone. And、That's、here、it. we're going to be、uh, coming together, be talking about some of our favorite things,、mm-hmm. and that is anime. Man, I'm so glad that I kept pestering you for so long. And this is before you moved to Melbourne and everything like that. And like, man, you just, just jump into some My Hero Academia, man. Just, just put on a little bit of Demon Slayer or something like that. You'll love it. You'll, you'll have a great time.、And、eventually, I think I, I might have been me, might have been NATO as well, maybe even a bit of、um, Dane as well. Like, we, we've worn you down. You jumped in and now, now you're a senpai. You're, you're fully engrossed in the medium and it, I'm happy to see you loving it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I truly cannot get enough. And yeah, it's, yeah it was、uh, through, through your persistence and yeah, NATO and Dane, I think you were the three probably primary drivers、mm-hmm. a few years ago that really kicked my butt and pushed me back into the anime world because, yeah,、mm-hmm. I grew up pretty immersed and engrossed in, in this、uh, fantastic genre, but took a few years off and, and went out into the, the literal wilderness. And, and now I'm back and, and cannot get enough. So,、uh, yeah, it's, it's through. Yourself and, and the rest of the fantastic crew that we associate with, that's,、yep. uh, I guess, created and, and made this podcast come to life that is、uh, you know, more than hentai. More,、yeah. more than hentai, even, I should say. <laughs> it's called hentai and it's art.、Um, it's very much art. <laughs> I, I love that quote from The Office.、Um, but yeah, no, I'm really, really glad. And like, I hope we can do multiple episodes together on this as well because I, like, there's plenty of. And, This is the thing, you and I very, very often back and forth on anime recommendations.、Mm-hmm. It's, hey, have you seen this? Have you checked this out? Or, or just little clips of reels or YouTube shorts or whatever, back, to forth, back and forth between each other. I,、uh, we're constantly sending each other little bits and pieces on anime, which is fun as well. And yeah, it exposes us to a, a lot more out there in the, in the wider anime universe. And, and there's so much. And the good thing is, I think. Our tastes are probably as closely aligned as just about anyone I know that consumes、yeah. anime. I think nine out of ten times, if you recommend something or I do, we'll both usually have a, a, a same、uh, level of appreciation and love、yeah. for, for said recommendation. So 
We'll see how we go with tonight's episode, that's for sure. But I, I guess on the anime front, maybe we can get a little bit of your backstory sure. when it comes to anime. What's your history with this fantastic medium? Maybe let us know about things you might love or hate with the genre. And then we can sort of narrow that lens in about the show in question we're talking about as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so my history, I, I suppose it really come and stems from... My older brother, uh, he was much older than me. Uh, there's a 13-year age gap between myself and him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's not my oldest brother. My oldest brother's 16-year gap, so do the maths on that one. But, uh, yeah, my older brother, Simon, he uh, introduced me to anime. I think anime proper, I should say, because I remember watching cartoons in the 80s mm-hmm. that was basically anime for kids. But realistically, it was... It stemmed from adult anime originally. And the ones I'm talking about are Battle for the Planets. Battle of the Planets? Battle of the Planets. Uh, whichever I think one it's is. Battle of the Planets. It's yeah, hazy. It, it, I I'm haven't thought about sure, it for decades. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure the original was called Gacha Man as well. Uh, which, you know, it. you look at it and design-wise, it's very, you know, Japanese anime style and all that sort of stuff. But I remember watching that as a kid and I loved it. Um, Transformers. I'm a massive Transformers fan. Again, Japanese animation, all that sort of stuff. It and like Voltron, that's the other big one from my childhood, which was originally Go Lion Force in Japan, um, which they you know redubbed and redid as Voltron and things like that. Um, and then they did Voltron Vehicle Force, and there was going to be a third one, but then that got scrapped for some reason. I can't remember what it was. So those are probably were my origins with anime. Is mm-hmm. like in the eighties as a kid, um, and I still love Voltron. Uh, if you haven't watched Voltron on Netflix, go watch it. It's really, really good. I was very surprised by how good it was. It's like, so good. Yeah, I expected it to be a bit of a watered-down sort of mm. hollow version of, of the original, but it was really, really well done. The animation's fantastic. The story's great. Yeah, the, the more time you give it, the better it gets. It just gets so much better as it goes on. Um, some of the people didn't like the ending to, of the series, the final finales and things like that. Um, I, I actually really enjoyed it and I, I felt like it wrapped everything up spectacularly. So there's, what, six, seven seasons of that on Netflix? Mm-hmm. So go give that a watch. Hell yeah. That said, moving into the 90s, so I th- I'm trying to remember what it was, but I remember my old, my brother Simon again. For mine and my younger brother's birthdays, he would always give us a VHS tape of stuff that he like double recorded onto it and things like that for us. And I remember getting one which had Fist of the North Star on it. Ooh, Which is... Shout out to Simon for giving you the goods. Yeah, he really, really um, brought the hype for me for anime. Um, That's... I really need to go back and watch this film too, Fist of the North Star, because it is is baller. I just thought of another one, Robotech. I remember watching Robotech as a kid. And like the Macross Saga and all those sorts of things. And then there was the Robotech with the um, motorbikes, which was another ripoff of another anime from Japan. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> my brother Simon as well, bringing the goods, uh, with another one of these birthdays. It must have been when I was turned like 13 or 14, I want to say. So we're talking like 95, 96, 97 sort of era. One of the videos had a anime, which is probably more on the hentai side of things, called Wicked City on it. Oh, that, that is very that spicy for a young set of eyes to be watching. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I hit puberty very quickly watching that. Part. Yeah, w- Wicked City <laughs> and like Legend of the Overfiend, those mm-hmm. two movies mm-hmm, were mm-hmm. 
eye openers. And there's another one that's like Demon City or something as well. Like there's, there's Wicked City and Demon City. I'm pretty sure it is, and like two different films, but both of them. Oh boy! <laughs> w- Wicked City just dropped on Crunchyroll here for Australian oh, yeah, listeners. Yeah. It, it dropped in the last week or so. I saw it pop up on the recently added, and I'm like, mm-hmm. "Ooh, am I going back to uh, sexually awaken again <laughs> in my 30s?" So uh, who knows? That, it, it's it's a pretty uh, ooh, confronting film uh, for a young 13 year old boy. I can tell you that. But also around that time in '97, a little anime that kind of blew you know, just broke down barriers across the world in terms of getting out there. Neon Genesis mm-hmm. Evangelion came out in 97, and I remember watching it when it was first airing on SBS. I just That's when to I was be... watching it too. Like, it had dropped on, like, a late night on a Friday, I think, if uh, yeah, I Yeah, yeah, it was something like... I just remember randomly flicking through channels. Going, oh, cool, anime. Um, and I happened... I didn't even know it was the first episode. I just happened to tune in, like, maybe five minutes into the first episode. And I started watching it, and I'm like, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. And then I just watched it every week. And like, I made sure I didn't miss it every week. It was really, really, really good. Um, and I loved it, except for the ending, which obviously everyone can talk about the ending to the series. Yeah. Um, and then being in Australia and internet sucking and not really having any way to gain access to it, I, never, I didn't really get to see the movies probably until much later than okay. what I really wanted to. But like that's 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 pretty much what my anime like fourteen years old watching Neo Genesis Evangelion as it's coming to air on TV, the pilots in that are fourteen years old and me being a big lover of mecha anime with Robotech, Transformers, Voltron, all those sorts of things, it was just like I could be a fourteen year old pilot. That's how my brain worked at the time as well. Like, I just got so excited for that sort of thing and fell head over heels in love with the series. Uh, Oscar is still my number one waifu. Uh, don't at me. That's fine. That's fine. I'm, I'm never <laughs> going to yucky yum. That's for sure. And, uh, yeah, that that's an excellent waifu selection there, mm, uh, and mm. it still holds up. Like I've started yeah. rewatching the original Evangelion series at the moment because it's on Netflix. Netflix mm-hmm. has got a great anime roster. They continue oh, yeah. to build it out with old and new stuff dropping on there, and Evangelion. Even though the you know the aspect ratio mm. changes on your telly, the animation quality is not as be- as good as some of the the current day stuff. Mm-hmm, it is mm-hmm. still phenomenal storytelling. Yeah, really, really great themes that they sort of navigate throughout the episodes, and it's weirdly relatable in some yeah. aspects. And it's just a great concept. Yeah, the ending. We mm. can talk about that another time. But overall, it's such a special, yeah. special franchise. I would love to get an original release of the dvds or something like that mostly because i know the netflix they redubbed it again Mm -hmm. and there's changes in the script and i've seen especially the first few episodes that many times over and over and over and over again that it's burnt into my memory a certain way and when i watched it and it was a different voice actor for uh shinji and a a different voice actor for masato it felt wrong to me and i couldn't watch mm-hmm. it i just couldn't watch it i really really wanted to rewatch the whole series and for me it just felt wrong and i just couldn't and i'm not going to take anything away from it people that have watched it now have come away saying that they love it and it's great and everything and it, it is it's, it holds up as a story uh but for me just trying to rewatch it now is just one of those things where it's just like it doesn't feel the same as what i remember it so i can't rewatch it because i don't have that original 
uh, dubbing or um, uh, the original subtitles or anything like that either. And that's fair enough. Like mm. because you've got such a strong emotional connection to this franchise, yeah. you, you know those vocal deliveries in and out. You know the tone yeah. and the cadence of how they speak. And then when you hear another person mm. playing that exact same role, it's just so jarring. So yeah. I completely, completely understand where it's you're coming from. It's like, and this is probably a really bad metaphor, but it's like looking at the um, the uh, special edition of Star Wars in the 90s and things like that and the added scenes and the changes and things like mm-hmm. that. And it's like, oh, like, and like a lot of it, wasn't really too big a deal. Like I think they did a fantastic job of Empire Strikes Back when they re- remastered that. Um, yeah. In comparison, though, to New Hope and like the um, uh, the musical number in Return of the Jedi. <laughs> on the other hand, like that's that's a different story. Um, it's the same sort of like vibe. It's like it's, you know, it's still a media I love, but it's just not the same. Yeah. Well, just jump online. Keep hunting like Facebook Marketplace, Gumtree. Yeah. There, there might be an OG kicking around somewhere. Yeah, OG DVD box up. set. I would love. I still need to watch, what is it, 3.0 plus 1.0, the the remake movie, the last remake movie, which apparently wraps the whole thing up um, in a nice, neat little bow. I don't know. Part of me, I think maybe I'm pr- procrastinating watching it because I, I just... Don't you don't want, want that finality. I don't, I don't want it to end. No, I, I I like having and like I've watched like Death and Rebirth and End of Everything and all that blah blah blah. Uh, but yeah, there's just something about it that's like I I, I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm procrastinating because I just don't want it to end. I haven't watched the full end like the the film yet, and that's why mm. I've started rewatching it because I'm like mm-hmm. I need to close this close this mm. loop off and see how it finally plays out. So I'm going right back from the beginning, working all the way through. Okay, so you're going to watch all of the series plus the movies and then go on to Prime and watch the remake stuff as well? I think so. I think... Or... I think, I'm, and, and the speed at which I consume content, I oh, can yeah, make that happen. <laughs> You'll knock that in a week. <laughs> yeah, so so I'll have the, the first season or the only season mm. wrapped up probably in the next 24 hours and mm-hmm. then I'll shift into the movies. Sure, sure. Yeah, but uh, yeah, let's let's narrow this lens. And for, mm-hmm. for listeners that are that are new here at More Than Hentai, the way this show works is based off some some pre qualified questions and, and talking to to Benny here. I recommend an anime that he's yet to watch, and then mm-hmm. we we go away and we watch the first episode, and then we jump back on the podcast here and we unpack that episode and see if one. If it's, a, if it's a solid recommendation, we talk the good, the bad, the otherwise, and then see if uh, he might continue watching said anime. So the title in focus for this episode is a little old ditty called Call of the Night, and it is a supernatural rom-com series written and illustrated by Kotoyama. It has been serialized in the Shogagans Weekly Shonen Sunday since August of 2019, and it was adapted into an anime series by Leiden Films, uh, notable for doing uh, the 2016 version of Berserk, Other Side Picnic, Tokyo Revengers, as well as the Build Divide series. So we've had 13 episodes drop between July and September of 2022, and uh, for anyone around the world, uh, you can check that out on High Dive. So we've watched this on High Dive. And the story of Call of the Night is as follows. Unable to sleep or find true satisfaction in his daily life, Koyamori stops going to school and begins wandering the streets at night. He encounters a girl named Nazuna Nanakuza, 
A vampire who shows Ko the joys of being a Nightwalker. This results in Ko wanting to become a vampire as well, but in order to achieve his goal, he must first fall in love with her. So, Call of the Night, we have watched the first episode. Uh, I re-watched it again this afternoon just to sort of refresh my memory because I watched this whole season at the back end of last year. But Benny, jump on in here. Let me know your initial thoughts. Let me know... Uh, your impressions on the characters, the animation, you know, the soundtrack. Give me, give me the play-by-play on what you think or what your thoughts and feelings are regarding Call of the Night. Style-wise, this anime is stunning. Ooh, yeah. That is probably my first takeaway. The number of times and the city is a character in itself as well. Um, I can't remember. Did they actually say that it, it's in Tokyo? Uh, they do mention Tokyo. They do mention Tokyo? Okay. I don't know if it's in the episode one, but it's certainly referenced in, in the other episodes. So. Yeah. Anyway, it's, yeah, so the city and the lighting and the shots of stars and clouds and things like that, that was probably my first impression of the animation and the backdrop was just stunning. And that's that's what I wrote in my first note for the rewatch as mm. well. Like I just wrote, the animation style is so goddamn slick. Mm. Um, like like Leiden's, Leiden Films who put this together I wasn't too familiar like there's a few few franchises I mentioned there mm-hmm. I'm working my way through the latest season of like Tokyo Revengers at the moment which mm-hmm. has got a cool style but it's nothing in comparison to Call of the Night like not only are these backdrops like super detailed in mm. just about every shot but the way they use lighting and yeah. neon and like you said like the stars and just the general night sky mm. It's so pretty and it's just so dreamlike and ethereal all the time and I live for it. Yeah, it's really, really, really pretty. And then the, and we're only going to talk first episode here, but the character design as well for Ko and um, Nazana, um, just really, really strong character design. And then like it obviously, oh, the other thing that I picked up very early on as well, banger opening track. Yes, that's that was my next note. Yeah. Like uh, creepy nuts, they do the intro and the outro track, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I fall in love with this band. Like I listen yeah. to them on Spotify on the reg because they have just got banger, banger opening, after banger, banger um, ending themes. Um, but yeah, like just the, just the character design, and you get that sort of very the opening itself actually like it shows the strength of the animation team as well Mm -hmm. um and using those character designs within that animation and then like the lyrics and granted they're in um uh, kanji and uh, katakana um as they're going across the screen uh but it's actually moving with the animation Mm -hmm. um i don't know if you noticed that uh which is really really cool so it's just little things like that and it, it really um it shows where the season can go without giving anything else because it does show a lot of other characters as well. So the, the other characters' designs, you get glimpses of them in this opening as well. And, yeah, I, ju- I just found the design and the voice work and everything like that and the script was really... It was, it was just so strong. Um, mm. So it... It was very easy, and because this whole first episode, you only got two characters to deal with, really. Yeah, yeah, it's only the two characters. So it's only Ko and Nazana. We're not going to include the drunks in the in the characters. Yeah, yeah. We, we get we get a the broken hearted girl from school for a split second who announces oh, yes. her love to Ko, and and he's like, 
I don't understand the point of dating or liking or love in general and sort of just shuns her and yeah, breaks yeah. her poor little heart. And that was what leads to him not wanting to go to school anymore because he mm. just doesn't feel like he exists and wants to do yeah, it. And- doesn't want anything to do with it, essentially. Um, just wants to escape life itself. So, yeah, so when he's out walking the nights and everything, and like, I think we've all done this, especially now that, you know, we're older, but usually it's it's walking home after mm-hmm. a night out or whatever and walking through a city and the streets are quiet and things like that. It, there is a sense of peace in the city and it, it, it is a different vibe. Um, and be- the city becomes a different beast at night than what it was during the day. I, f- I find that the way they've produced and-, and shown this story really, really does capture that really, really well. Yeah, and I think the city in itself is almost its own character. Yeah. Like, because it is so vibrant, mm-hmm, and then you mm-hmm. do get the contrast of where Ko's walking around and it feels like he's the only person on Earth. Exactly. But then you hear the hustle and bustle or you see the city lights and everything mm-hmm. else, and... So it's great that there is this sort of silent character in all these scenes with this city that is living and breathing and doing its own thing. But, yeah, Ko, he seems like a nice enough kid. Like, yeah, mm. he's, he's in year eight. He's 14 years old or so, give or take. And he's walking the streets just sort of questioning what life is, really, mm-hmm. and walking along and you're sort of getting a bit of an inner, inner monologue yeah. from Ko. And... Then he starts wondering, like he's you know, he's never had a drink, and he walks past this vending machine, yep, and which conveniently sells beer. And he's about to have his first ever drink, and he puts puts his yen in and, and pays for his can of beer. And then Nazana just randomly appears, leaning very sexily and coolly against the against the vending machine. And then they interact and have a discussion, and sort of the episode mm. goes from there. And it's a really cool first meeting. And like you said, yeah. with the animation quality the way they've sort of framed it and they've just got these really tight shots with, with Nazana and it's sort of silhouetted and you can only see some of the some of the finer details on a, on a face and mm-hmm. she looks a little bit scary and imposing at first and then she takes the, takes the hood down from her jacket and yeah. just sort of shows her cute self with her pink hair. I love her hairstyle, the sort yeah. of floating ringlets or whatever you'd yeah, call yeah, them. Yeah, the braids that are just looped back up. Yeah. yeah, it's so great and she's such a cool character. Like I think... From what I've looked at, like she's roughly about, you know, 40 years old. Like she's a vampire, mm. so time has stopped for her. She's probably 20, 21 in, th- in, yeah. in look, but she's about 40 in, in real years these days. And mm-hmm. then they meet. And what did you think of that first interaction with Ko and Nazana? I, I, I think it was really cool because, like, obviously he startled her and he's and she's, like, threatening to call the cops on him but is really just joking. So she's already looking for someone to hang out with and spend mm. time with essentially and what she wants. And obviously she's, she's also looking to feed, which we'll get into in a bit. Um, and then she's like, just like trying to get an understanding of what this kid's about. And like, we know as the viewer that she's a vampire. Um, I mean, if you've read the synopsis, <laughs> you know, she's a vampire. Um, and they kind of clue it a little bit too. Cause you can kind of see the fang yeah, a little bit. Fangs there. Um, but she, um, yeah, she definitely captures the attention of Ko very, very quickly and then goes about making her mission to help him and understand the city because she realizes it's his first night out in the city at night, you know, especially this late at night and just, you know, getting to understand how the city works and what the night walking around and being out at night is really like. 
you know, and then even to teach him a lesson about drinking goes and introduces him to the drunks. Yeah, there's yeah three drunk, very, very drunk businessmen mm-hmm. that are, uh, you know, semi-coherent slash passed out on a bench and they have a little interaction and, yeah, uh, Nazana shows that contrast. Yeah. You don't want this type of life. Like, drinking and partying's fun, but, like, yeah. this, is the, <laughs> this is the end of the spectrum you don't want to be at. So it's kind of cool that she's trying to, I guess, get rid of this lack of satisfaction he's got mm. with life and, and make him... Be at peace and enjoy the world again, and and she's sort of acting as this cute pink-haired uh, vampiric guide. Yeah, I, I just like the one bit though when the guy vomits and like freaks Co out, and um, she comes back and she's like and saying something I can't remember what she was saying, and then she goes, "Oh, great! Oh, this is what yeah, you know, this is what you don't want to be, blah blah blah, and everything." And then he goes, tells him like, you know get home safe and everything and oh and clean that up and they're like oh <laughs> <laughs> damn drunkards yeah what did you um like we, we didn't really get introduced to a ton of characters no. in episode one but did you sort of have a a favorite are you leaning more team nazana or team co or you just like they're both equally great in my opinion but like mm. is there a character you sort of gravitated towards a little more I was in, probably, in the first watch in, in the first episode i was actually a lot more um, interested in Nazana, uh, just to find out her background a bit more, mm. like who she was and that sort of thing. Um, and, and, you know, obviously uh, knowing that she's a vampire going into this as well, that she would be, um, like, what what her, the you know, it's more interested in, like, what's the vampire mythology that they're working mm-hmm. with? You know, what's the, the, the rules that they've set themselves here? Um so I was kind of interested in all that sort of thing and then, like, you know, uh, I knowing that this is going to be some sort of, you know, love story with elements of horror and things like that in it, like, how does it set itself up to move forward from this initial meeting? Yeah, it's um, it certainly sort of lays a good platform with this mm. first episode and, and we'll sort of get to sort of the ending shortly. But, like, it's kind of cool on that vampire mythos where... Yeah, so so after after the drunken bum incident, mm. uh, Nazan is sort of saying, you know what, like let's, let's keep enjoying tonight. Come back to my place, we can hang out. And so yeah. she brings him back to to her apartment, and uh, you know she sort of saying, Let, let's go to sleep. We'll we'll you know have some more fun tomorrow. You know we'll do it all again then. So she she, she thinks Ko's fallen asleep, mm. and then that vampiric instinct kicks in, and she's gonna bite him to to suck his blood as vampires do. <laughs> and so she bites him gets a taste of his blood and realizes that it tastes really, really bloody good. So she's sort of taken aback for a second. And she's like, why, why does he taste so good? Yeah. She's processing that. But then Ko, who she thought was asleep, was like fake sleeping. And he sort of sat up all straight away. He's like, um, what's happened here? Mm. What's going on? And then she sort of is like, oh, there's a big mosquito. And, and I slapped it. Like, that's what happened. And then he's like, oh, you, you're full of shit because yeah. I can see blood around your mouth. And so she she tells tells Ko that she's a vampire. He's not very shocked about it all. He's just processing it. No, just he, as, he I processes guess you do, it pretty cool well. Sleep deprived kid. Until he goes, oh shit! Does this mean I'm going to become a vampire? He, he freaks the f- yeah. He just freaks the hell out. <laughs> um, yeah, that is like. And then then we sort of sort of get the ground rules and the setup for how the story is going to progress moving forward. Yeah, so they've sort of come up with their own unique mm. uh, mythos as far as how vampires come to be. And it's, you know, uh, vampires can feed on 
all kinds of people any yep. any any day any night and that's not going to turn them into a vampire mm-hmm. the way it works is that their person that they're feeding on has to fall in love yep. with said vampire to to then be able to ascend into a vampire themselves so it's something different like i was thinking about it, i'm like i can't really remember watching a movie a tv show another anime where it sort of no. played with that type of concept before. So I thought it was kind of cool that it was a little different. Yeah, yeah. So I, that was sort of my take as well. I was like, oh, okay, so this is different. Because, like, I think majority of people go by um, – I, I always look at it as the Anne Rice rules. I don't know if she was the original that came up with these rules, but the um, where the vampire has to drain you to near death and then you drink the blood back out of the vampire, essentially. Um, that's the rules I understand it. I can't remember if that was in Bram Stoker's or whatever before. Um, yeah, the vampire, most most of them follow that similar trope where yeah. it's they they take you to the brink of death and then typically you know they'll they'll slice their forearm vein yeah. open or their wrist vein and then you you suck their pure vampiric blood and mm. that's what turns you. But in this case, there might be a bit of blood exchange going on, but it needs yeah. to be under the guise of love. You need yeah. to be loving your potential master here. So it's kind of cute, and it's interesting that. When Nazana tells Ko this, I think she sort of says it thinking he's going to freak out and be like, nah, that's never going to happen. You're just welcome to drain me forever. And he's like, you know what? I want to be a vampire. This is what I want to do. This is a great life. Mm -hmm. We can just, you know, have fun of a nighttime and just live live free and embrace the vampiric way. And yeah, yeah, she's a little taken aback and gets very shy, which is kind of cute. Mm, so you can mm. sort of see she's still a bit young-minded as well and gets a little embarrassed that, that Ko's saying... Meanwhile, she's been cracking sex jokes and all that throughout too, so... So much, so much. Yeah, yeah the, the just the tip cracked me up when when she first sort of says, lay down and have a rest. He's like, what is this? Like, are we in a, mm. a sex house? So he's like, no, no, we're just having a sleep. It's just the tip. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Like, <laughs> yeah. There's nothing funky going on here. <laughs> but it's it's a cool little new reimagining of, of mm. the vampiric way and, and, and I'm a sucker for romance and, and you, you love a good romantic story yeah. in, in anime or in real life as well. So I mm-hmm. kind of like that it's weaving supernatural and, and that rom-com yeah. writing style together and it does it really, really well. Like it's, the writing team behind this, good, coupled yeah. with the animation, so good. Yeah. Yeah, so I, it, it really sets the groundwork for... Um, uh, just just what the season can be. Uh, it really does set the groundwork really well. Um, as an opening episode to an, uh, to a series, it's 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 pretty damn good. Mm. Yeah, and there was another cool part in there where she was saying that, like talking about blood and how it tastes different of a nighttime, mm-hmm. and and especially when you're sort of in that void area just yeah. before you're falling asleep, because that's seen as like your blood is infused with the night, so it's mm-hmm. sort of the purest, tastiest form of of blood just as you're, you're getting 40 winks. Yep. Yeah, the, the episode ends with uh, they, they go up to the top of a rooftop and Co and, mm-hmm. and sort of saying, yeah, I want to I wanna be in this vampire yep. life with you. And then Nazana kicks him off like kicks this him. roof. And you think, holy shit, what's going on? What, what did you think in that moment? <laughs> I, I, I thought like, you know, something's like I thought like she's gonna like catch him or something like that. I I I I, I watched one too many anime or uh, vampire movies, I guess, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> over yeah. the years. Uh, so yeah, I, I I was pretty much prepared for. I wasn't expecting for the flight. I'll put it that way because she she does fly down, catches him, and then they go for a fly throughout the city. 
which is another gorgeous shot. Like Beautiful the cityscape shot. background yeah. as she's got Cohen is in her arms yeah, and, and just and flying the, around. The, the, there's just this purple glow throughout like the, the night sky and things like mm. that. It's just so pretty. So very, very pretty. Um and so it just really just capped off the whole episode very, very strongly. Yeah, and and I do like that um it's a bit of a role reversal. Like ninety nine percent of all vampire content that I've watched over the years, it's always, you know, the the male is the vampire saving yep. the girl and whatever, but they've sort of flipped that on its head here where mm-hmm. we've got the female vampiric lead saving the young frail boy and, and flying him around, holding holding him in her arms. Like I kind of yep. liked that it was a little bit different in that regard too, instead of just going the, the usual status quo. Yeah, exactly. I Definitely just mixing it up. I, I'm just racking my brain to think, when was the last time I saw that? And it wasn't really... And it sort of is, but sort of isn't, but like Queen of the Damned, where... Um, great film, by the way. Great film. Rest in peace, like, Aaliyah. Yeah, I was going to say rest in peace, Aaliyah, but like, um, Aaliyah is obviously the, the leading leading Lestat around in that. Uh, also, book, nothing like... Uh, sorry, the movie's nothing like the book. So uh, it's actually encompassing two books, uh, Vampire Lestat and the Queen of the Damned book, so you read them both. So yeah, uh, like I can't think of any other time where that's the the female vampires to, like leading the male and creating this sort of um, entrapment scenario. Yeah, it's very different, very uncommon, mm. which is kind of cool because I do love a good fresh retelling of anything. Yeah, yeah, it sort of just sticks with you a lot more. Um, things that stick with you as well is obviously the good and the bad of of anything we're consuming. And, and have mm-hmm. you got any any sort of key notes? What's what sort of the your favourite scenes or the high points you had of the episode and any any low points or bad things from the episode you wanted to highlight? There's nothing anything, like, bad necessarily. Like, I already highlighted the the drunks, like, the conversation with the drunks um, and then, like, Nazano trying to get Ko out of his shell and all that sort of thing and just to introduce him to the city. So I I think this, like, a lot of first episodes in anime series, they're not the strongest of the series um they're just all very much designed to set the stage for a lot of things yeah and you can either walk away going yep this is for me or this is not for me or yeah at least they just have to set that sort of little bit of level of intrigue there for you and then moving forward from there where you'll make the decision on to move you know to keep watching um but yeah, I, I'm just racking my brain about this episode. I'm like, there's nothing bad about this episode, and it, it's it's incredibly solid start to a series. Mm. It like, hooked me from the get go as well. Yeah, like. it had it like intrigued me, and I was like, oh, okay, I need to keep watching this. And but at the same time, I was like, if it was just on its own, would it like? There's not. It's not like a. I'm going to, what's a good example of a, a first episode anime? Like uh, Attack on Titan. It has you hooked so, so strong. Or even Demon Slayer, like that first episode of Demon Slayer. It, it hooks you right from the, you know, as soon as things start really picking up. Um, I don't think this has that, that moment. And that's because maybe those ones are a little bit more on the action-oriented side. So they're going to have some more intriguing elements there that will really grab a viewer's attention. But that said, this is a solid foundation for a series. 
Yeah, I, I completely agree. And, and you mentioning Titan and Demon Slayer, definitely. Like, mm. there isn't a big... There's no massive stakes getting set. There's no. no big crises or impending doom. You can sort of tell from the opening credits and just the mm. the general flow of the show. The tone is... It's just cruisy. It's just chilling. It's just a yep. good time. You know, there's some drama here and there. There's some laughs, but there is no giant... 100 foot titan coming to to destroy no, the world exactly. it's just yeah. a, a young dude in wants who wants to be in love with a vampire chick like exactly it's, it's simple but it's cute but it's cool mm. and everything we mentioned is yeah i'm in complete agreement with everything you mentioned i should say it's yeah. just just a fun watch it's just yeah. an easy watch and the first episode sets the table for what's to come and mm. Here's where I typically say, are you going to continue watching this show? Mm -hmm. Like, did I make a worthy selection? But spoilers, listeners, Benny has completed the entire season of Call of the Night since the recommendation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's actually one of the things as we've been going through the episode, just trying to bite my tongue and not say anything from other the later episodes. Um, But yes, I have watched all of it Um, without going into spoilers or anything like that. Uh, there is a lot more of the same. Again, we mentioned the cast, which you, you do get glimpses of the cast in the opening credits. Uh, so there is more cast that does come along. Some really cool, memorable characters you meet mm-hmm. along the way as well. Mm-hmm. And especially getting a little bit more of the the vampiric lore and yeah. l- learning about some of the, vampi- the other vampires that are in this same ecosystem mm-hmm. as Nazana and Co. and their agendas and and their feelings on things so they do sort of build out the world over these 13 episodes yeah yeah so you you can smash it out pretty quick because it is only 13 episodes but yeah like i have watched all of it uh i think i kind of settled around like a seven out of ten okay it it made it to the eight bit fine scale uh and i think that's not so much like and again like if we're just looking at the first episode i'd rate the first episode maybe an eight eight and a half out of ten but if, as a whole season, I'm probably leaning more to around that seven mark. Maybe which I think's even, fair. I, maybe even going a little bit lower on the oh under wow seven as well. At okay. some points, I, I think I scored it overall on the old my anime list. I think I scored it an eight, mm-hmm. and I I can completely understand where you're coming from saying it yep. could be seven or underneath because there is a few little ebbs, there is a few nothing moments and. When it is only a short season at 13 episodes, those nothing moments can sort of stand out more than if it was yeah, across yeah. a 24-episode season because you've got less storytelling to do. And mm. I guess the cool thing is the show itself, the 13 episodes, each one of the episodes encompasses just a night in Ko's life. So this whole yeah. season plays out over a less than a fortnight of period of his life. So it's kind mm-hmm. of cool to see where things go and, and how the stakes are raised and the drama and the love and the comedy and everything else sort of weaves in. And it's it's a cool little world that um, that Leiden Films have put together there, I think. Yeah, I, I, like, I agree 100%. I, uh, my problem with it, and like we said, like it, it does ebb a bit. And I feel like especially at, after that first episode, there is a bit of a lull, really. So I just found it like there's just that little bit of a slow burn, but like it... It didn't feel like a good slow burn. It just it just felt like just a slow burn. And yeah, so it's little things like that that just bring down... And this is more just the storytelling, really. Like, mm-hmm. the animation quality is fantastic throughout. There are scenes with daylight later on in the season which really stand out because so much of the show, 
I'd say probably easily 95% of the show takes place at night. Mm -hmm. So the scenes where there is daylight really, really do stand out. And there is one black and white section uh, towards the tail end of the season, which is awesome. Yeah, I I know the exact Mm. section or or piece of the episode you're talking about. And yeah, we're going to obviously keep this... All spoiler-free, but yep. it is one of certainly the high points of that 13-episode mm-hmm. season. There hasn't been any confirmation yet that we are getting a season two on the anime on the way. Hopefully, mm-hmm. we do. It's been pretty well-reviewed around the place, and yeah. it ended up on a lot of best of 2022 lists as far as new yes. anime entries for the year. So, hopefully, we get some more mm. Call of the Night moving forward. Like, I remember seeing it on plenty of best of 2022 uh, lists and things like that as well, and and I, I, it's one that I've been interested in watching for a while. It's just being on High Dive, uh, that was probably my only thing that was holding me back because High Dive is uh, still, let's say, newish in the market in terms of yeah. a streaming platform for anime. So it was just one of those things where I was just like, okay, uh, how far do I, I dive in here before, you know, I, I need to see a little bit more on that app before I really dive into it. So I'm looking forward to, you know, checking out some more on there now and, and, and seeing, like, uh, Made in Abyss and things like that as well. Yeah, it's got some very special shows. It's got some very special IPs on High Dive. Like, there is a few that you go, what in the Christ is this? And then you watch it and, like, it'll finish and go, what in the Christ was that? Like That's anime in general, dude. <laughs> yeah, but, like, not in, not in a good way. It's not as in, like, that I mean, is so weird. It's one just of like, the most popular anime from last year was Chainsaw Man, dude. So, like, yeah. anime is very weird and all over the place, but, God, we love it. We really do. And, yeah, High Dive's got some bangers. Like, mm-hmm. Made in Abyss is there. Is It Wrong to Try and Pick Up Girls in a Dungeon is there. Mm-hmm. Reincarnated as Sword is on there exclusively. And then there's a heap of other really good shows. A lot of Lupin on there, I saw. Yeah, all the Lupin is on there. Yeah. That's yeah. that's the home for Lupin. Like, they've picked up some pretty pretty big exclusive IPs. Your boy mm-hmm. Kong Ming is on there too, which mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. my favorite anime of 2022. So uh, you got to peek that now because yep. you got that login. Sure. But... Um, yeah, so I'm not going to ask where you continue to watch because you have continued and you've watched it all and watched you've given it, it a score of about a 7 out of 10 or a uh-huh. 70 out of 100 if we go on Metacritic rules. Yep. But uh, the recommendation was solid. You uh, were happy with the choice? Yeah, yeah. No, I was happy with the choice. And like I said, it was one that I've had on my list of something to watch uh, for a while. It's just a matter of uh, pulling the trigger and diving in. Nice, nice, yeah. nice, nice. What is your final word on Call of the Night? Give us your elevator pitch or, or uh, you know, closing sentence as far as your overall thoughts on Call of the Night before we close this podcast down. I think I summed it up at the start probably the best is that the initial reaction is stunning. The, the, like, and referring to the city and the night and everything and the, the animation quality of you know the backdrop and a city becoming its own character. Um, I, I do really feel like that probably sums this series up probably the best. Again, like I felt, and I've mentioned it already, that after watching the whole series, that there is some parts that I find personally that drag. Uh, others might not have that issue, and they'll love it. They'll they'll be glued uh, to the edge of the seat, you know. But yeah, it, it's one of those ones where I think opening is a banger it's a great start uh setup episode to start the whole thing so yeah if if you if you like uh romantic comedies with uh some vampires give this one a check out 
Yeah, it's much more lighter in tone than something like Twilight, that's for yeah. sure. But it's just, it's good fun watching. I'm mm-hmm. I'm partially jealous that you got to binge all in one hit because I was watching the weekly drops on oh, okay. Dive. <laughs> so I had to, I got my fix on a, I think it was dropping on a Saturday. So I'd watch mm. it on a Saturday after recording THG and then have to wait till the following week to see oh, what was no. going on. No, so I, I smashed it all out in a single weekend, so it was good. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Call of the Night, available mm-hmm. on High Dive for, for listeners in Australia and the majority of the world. I think uh, Asian-based listeners, there's a few other hubs you can track that down too. I watched it in um, dub on, on release, but then mm-hmm. I did catch some of the subs as well just to see the contrast. The voice work, I really enjoyed. I thought it was, was pretty good overall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Same. Did you catch the sub or the dub? Uh, I, I did just catch the dub. I, th- I think that's just a bit more my nature. I, I find, and I, I usually lean on the dub side of things, and it's not because I don't have a dislike of subs. I don't like reading subtitles or anything. I actually leave all the subtitles on, even with English-speaking shows. It's more along the lines of if I'm just reading the subtitles, I'm concentrating so hard, and it just makes me tired. I, and that's literally what it is. And usually when I'm watching anime, I'm usually lying down as well already, so it just puts me straight to sleep. So <laughs> We do not want that. <laughs> no, no. So I like to enjoy the anime, not fall asleep. So I, I, I like watching it um, uh, yeah, with dubs on, and uh, yeah, it usually just keeps me a little bit more invested. And if I get distracted by something else, I can still at least hear what's going on. That's fair. And That's I, fair. I usually end up rewinding to catch if I do miss something by accident anyway. <laughs> but listeners, that gives you a bit of a temperature check on uh-huh. Call of the Night, available on High Dive, 13 episodes, ready for consumption right now. Benny and myself both recommend and rate it very highly. Me a little bit higher than Benny, who came in at around a 7. I'm sitting at around an 8 out of 10 if you want to use that type of grading scale. Mm-hmm. But it's certainly well worth your time. It's very heartwarming. It's very funny. There's a little bit of violence and a little bit of light horror in there too, leaning into some of the, the vampire ways. But overall, Call of the Night, Drop It In 2022, is justifiably one of the best new anime of the year. Mm-hmm. But uh, you can find us as a whole at We Are 8-Bit. You can find Benny at Ben MCJ on them socials. You can find me at Brendan 8-Bit. Be sure to rate, view, subscribe to this podcast and all the other podcasts you listen to on the regular because those ratings and reviews help keep the emotional lights on in our hearts. But listeners, whether your anime be subbed, dubbed, or still yet to come, enjoy yourself. Much love to all the sexy waifus out there. See you later. Watch One Piece. <laughs>